Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today we're reviewing The Ring, a 2002 American remake of the Japanese horror mystery. Stars Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson, and Brian Cox, directed by Gore Verbinski. A young journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape which seems to cause the death of anyone in a week of viewing it. Alright, let's get it. Phoenix, it's been, it's probably been about a couple of weeks since we released something, uh, I think it was Mrs. Doubtfire, but um, just for, for the listeners here, um, the reason why it's been a while is because uh, obviously life happens and um, just kind of get caught up in some things. Um, I think we've, you know, discussed uh, before, you know, some of the extracurricular Phoenix is involved with, um, but for those that don't know, I am also the co-host of my brother's podcast uh, about the CW's The Flash. So kind of been doing that. Um, I did have a, a another podcaster, um, uh, guest appear on an episode recently, but that has yet to be uh, released. We wanted to get this one out first, um, and that will be on the remake of Psycho, and then you and I will do Psycho um, before the end of the month, hopefully, uh, obviously, hopefully before um, Halloween. But right off the bat, uh, with The Ring, uh, Gore Verbinski, you kind of commented on the name, his first name being Gore, but do you recognize his um, director's name at all? No, I didn't. Um, here's some of the movies you might know. Uh, how about Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes, I do. Did he, did he direct that? I think he did all four, oh. uh, at, at least the first three. Um, I'm, I'm almost certain he did all of them. Uh, more recently, he he also did Rango. You know, I think we both enjoyed that. That's also a... Uh, uh, Johnny Depp movie or CGI movie, and also um, Lone Ranger. Yeah, the Lone Ranger, which uh, apparently was a bomb. So, uh, Mouse Hunt, <laughs> 1997. That's one of his uh, earlier movies. It actually might have been his first movie. I love that movie. Yeah. So, so he's dumb. Funny enough, you you know actually almost all his movies. Looks like uh, Naomi Watts, Martin Henderson. You probably don't know any of them. Um, Naomi Watts, I think the other big movie she's done was uh, King Kong. Did you see that one? Yes, I did. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. so she was in King Kong. Uh, the Mar- one with Jack Black? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Martin Henderson's not somebody I really know from anything else, uh, but Brian Cox, uh, who plays Mr. Was it Mr. Morgan? Yes. Yeah. Do you know him? No, I don't. Here, look at his face real quick. Does he look familiar at all? Al. Al? From what? Quantum Leap. No. Oh. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, William Stryker. William Stryker, yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically the cast. Uh, what do you think about this movie without giving away your you know review? Um, Just your overall thoughts. I mean, like uh, what, what you might have thought this movie was about or, you know, anything like that. Any inkling what was going to happen, what you thought was going to happen. I don't have too many thoughts about this movie. Um, going into it, I knew it was sort of a horror. I, w- I don't want to say horror icon because it really it wasn't too much, but it's something that people familiarize with when they think of horror movies. So I knew that, that it, this was probably going to be good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I I don't remember if I seen the original uh, Japanese movie called Ringu. Uh, I know it is based on that and. 
Gosh, see, I tried to stay away from the original Japanese stuff because um, the the Asian horror genre they can be pretty pretty disturbing. But this is a movie that I did watch in the movie theater, and I remember I re- I remembered it um, pretty well. Uh, I, I remember like there was one scene that you know uh, made the entire audience jump too, and and I think since it was uh, startling, you know, or we all got startled in unison, like uh, everybody had a good chuckle after after it had happened too, uh, and that's one of the very few times that actually uh, seen that happen in the movie theater. Uh, but I think this actually was kind of a big sleeper hit. Um, you know, not too many people knew about it when it was coming out, and when it did, uh, everybody I knew went to go watch it. Uh, and I know that it was one of my favorites when it when it came out, especially on home release, um, just because at that time, uh, I'm trying to think if I was, I might have still been working at Blockbuster. It's It's been so long, I, I really forget, but I want to say I was still working at Blockbuster, and it was one of those that I would kind of recommend, like, hey, you know, this is a, a pretty good... I don't know, thriller? Would you call this a thriller? Mm, not really. More of a... Because, uh, oh, okay. Cause, uh, supernatural thriller? Yeah. I mean, uh, like Frighteners sense, was a thriller. What would... I think Frighteners is more of a uh, horror comedy. Not too much of a thriller. Yeah. Um, and this movie is PG-13. Uh, and this is something that we kind of forget uh, once in a while is the, the parental uh, guidance. Basically... Um, Speechy thirteen for disturbing images, uh, some language and very I, disturbing images. Yeah, I, I believe there is a uh, one use of the word uh, or the f word, uh, and there there's some you know some violent acts in here. I, I'd say, and uh, it I don't know, it's not really towing the line between PG thirteen and rated R. I think if there was definitely more blood, it could have been rated R. But um, as far as Jump scenes, there was probably minimal. We could probably count how many jump scenes there were. Right? Four. Yeah, see, something like that. So it wasn't even like a whole lot. But I thought it was pretty good. Um, does it still hold up for me? You know, I actually thought it did. Uh, watching it with you, there, there were a couple times I was, uh, I really forgot what was going to happen. And I was actually kind of creeped out. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of go ahead and get uh, get into it. Uh, the movie starts off, we see two girls who are, uh, they're watching TV. And one of them brings up about a tape that kills people. And, uh, you know, people rent it. And um, one of the girls, I think it was Becca, uh, she says that the, there's a lady on this tape that sees through you or sees you through the TV. And then, uh, and then the phone rings and someone says uh, that you would die in seven days. And the other girl, whose name was, what, Katie? Yes. She says that she had seen the tape. Now, did you think she was um, playing along with her friend? Well, at first, I think she was mostly because the way she delivered how she said it, like mm-hmm. she actually looked, she actually looked a little creeped out and like um, kind of in the way that someone she made a face, sort of that a friend would make before they scared their friend. Yeah, I, w- watching this again, I really didn't. Okay, the way they both talk their dialogue their delivery i wasn't sure if one was kind of um playing a joke on the other i really couldn't tell you know if you know if they were both being serious or you know uh, that kind of thing but 
uh, Katie, she says that she did see this tape and she was at a cabin with her boyfriend, uh, which Becca replied, you know, she, um, I guess Katie told Becca that she was going to go to a football game or something like that. I, I, to I forget. To the mall or something, just to hang out. Yeah, well, okay, the, the thing was, I guess she lied. Um, Katie lied. She actually had been with her boyfriend over the weekend. I feel like we're gossiping. So, yeah, she said she was going to go hang out with her, but she didn't. She hung out with her boyfriend in the cabin. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, and that's exactly, you know, it's two girls talking, too, so it kind of comes off that way as well. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, sure. that's what they're going for. Sure. Yeah, so... The I think Becca doesn't really believe her, and one one of them I don't know. It, but let me see. They uh, one of them pretends to choke. Right? Which one was it? It was Katie. Katie starts choking, and Becca believes her. And you know, it was kind of a joke. And then they get into a pillow fight. I guess uh, these kind of hit each other with a pillow, which was a, a little odd. But then the phone That's rings. What girls do. Okay, sure. They they probably do. Um, but the phone rings, and then uh, it gets a little tense at this point, right? Because yeah. they had just been talking about this video. So at this point, I kind of felt like, okay, they weren't joking with one another because they both got scared by this, right? If if one of them didn't really believe about this tape, I, I would think one would just kind of scoff at it and be like, well, what's the big deal? It's just a phone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you grew up with not without having a house phone. What do you? What did you think about this scene? This movie came after Scream, right? Yes. See, Scream. I think they had cordless phones there. Yeah. So this scene made me think um, the home phone probably was just there to make the scene more tense instead of just having like a, uh, you know, a connected or cordless phone. Yeah, so so you're saying that if they had a cordless phone, they wouldn't have had to go downstairs. Yes, or had that much tension. Sure, and and, and I think that's uh, I I don't remember the you know the original uh, again. I don't remember if I've even seen it, but if this was new in the American version, I think that it's good direction because yeah, if it was a cordless phone, then you're not really building tension. So because the phone is ringing, they don't have uh well, I, I guess, and this is kind of weird because Katie doesn't appear to have a phone in her room, which is almost unbelievable because um, first off, girls love to talk on the phone. Um, <laughs> uh, as do guys, you know, I'm, I'm going to admit I, I had a phone in my room when I was younger and, uh, I would be on it all the time. So it was kind of unbelievable t- for her to not have the phone in her room. But the the suspense of them both walking downstairs into the kitchen, this long hallway, just to answer the, uh, answer the phone, that really kind of made it a little uneasy for me. Because, again, it, it's it's been so long since I've seen this movie, uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect. But uh, one girl picks up the phone. I think it was, yeah, it was Becca that picks it up. And, you know, she she answers and, um, you know, there's this long pause and, you know, you're kind of like, well, what's going to happen? And then she's like, it's your mom. And then Katie's well, kind of. No, no, she she gives it to Katie and she says, it's for you. Oh. And then Katie says, hello. And then. Oh, right, right, right. Says, okay. Oh, hi, mom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because uh, she doesn't know. It, it, it could have been it could have been the voice, you know, to, to say seven days, that kind of thing. Um, but, but they didn't watch the tape there. No, no, they didn't. Uh, well, I mean, Katie had already seen it in, uh, at that cabin, you know, and I don't know if it was the previous weekend, uh, but, but some weekend with, yeah, it was the previous weekend with her boyfriend. And they already got a phone call, apparently. 
Yes. Yeah. Cause yeah, she mentioned that she's already had that phone call. Um. So, did she? Yeah, she I guess was. so. She she must have. Uh, they must have got it like right then and there because this was seven days later. Yeah. Yeah. So this was a week later. Yeah, it's her mom, and you know, but uh, Katie gets a drink uh, before she walks out of the kitchen, and um, as she starts to walk down the hallway, the TV turns on in the living room, and all you see is static. Right, and you're not used to seeing something like that, Mm-mm. right? Uh, unless it was a, unless we didn't have cable, that would be the only time you would see snow on the TV. Actually, I see it a lot at Grandma's house because you know she doesn't have cable, and if you, you flip the uh, yeah, so depending on source. the channel, yeah, okay. Let me see the yeah, so the TV turns on, and she thinks that Becca's doing it at this point. Like Becca's already upstairs, so Katie unplugs the TV, and then she hears noises. And then she goes back into the kitchen, and then the fridge door opens or something. Uh Because she wants to go get milk or something. Yeah. Uh, She hears noises again and calls Becca from the bottom of the the stairs. And this, I think this shot was kind of creepy. You know, she's standing at the bottom of the stairs and just looking straight up. Uh And you just have no idea what's going to happen. But she goes upstairs and see a puddle of water coming from inside her bedroom. Uh, She opens up the door, and the TV is on with the... Uh, I don't know, you get this image of a water well, right, in, in the middle of a mm-hmm. field, and then it zooms into um, Katie's face, and it immediately changes, and it just kind of ends. What did you think of the look on her face? Oh, the look on her face was, like, creepy, because... It, it changed instantaneously, too. Yes. It, it was really weird. As it got closer, it changed into a more... Disturbed image. It was kind of distorted too. Her face wasn't yeah, even distorted. Yeah, um, it just it just kind of like her face kind of got narrow and long. If you watched Ghost Rider, I forget what happens in it, but I remember there was something similar to this by one of one of the characters in that film. But um, anyway, this this scene, I I hate bringing up Scream a lot, but the scene reminded me. This whole opening scene reminded me of the opening scene in Scream. Because, you know, you got, you got that phone call, um, that terrifying ending, like, uh, I'm not going to go into much detail about it, but there's a uh, murder mm-hmm. in both movies, I believe. I don't, we don't know that this one is, but you no, know, it's just, it's just creepy scenes. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to a uh cuts to a school and this is where we get to meet um Rachel and her son Aiden. Uh Rachel is called into the school by by the teacher and apparently uh Katie and Aiden are cousins. Okay, so Katie is Rachel's niece. Um the teacher has had some concern uh with Aiden's behavior in school, I suppose. Uh what do you think about the relationship between the mother and son here, Rachel and Aiden? It seems close yet distant, mainly because Aiden doesn't even refer to her as mom. He calls her Rachel. And How long do you think that's been going on? Maybe a long time because she seems so used to it and he seems so used to it. It, it yeah, it just it's really, really weird that she uh Aiden refers to his mom as Rachel and she thinks nothing of it. So it it, it is kind of a weird relationship. I don't think they ever really got into as to why he does that with her. What the teacher was so concerned about is that Aiden had been drawing some very disturbing pictures. Uh, Basically, one picture was, uh, I think, of Katie uh, basically buried in the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you remember any of the other pictures? 
No, I can't remember any of them. Rachel kind of waves it off, uh, you know, saying that, you know, Katie had just died like three days ago or something like that. But the teacher, she was like, well, this was drawn last week. And so Aiden kind of drew pictures foreshadowing the death of his cousin. So very eerie. Yeah, and, and then like a, in a later scene, Rachel is tucking Aiden into bed. And he says that they don't have much time, that they're going to die. Uh, apparently, Katie told him she didn't have much time and that she was going to die. And then he just says goodnight to her and just turn, turns around. You know, he's just kind of a really, really weird kid. And I don't know, I just think it's even weirder that Rachel, you know, isn't trying to get, like, answers out of him at this point. She's just kind of letting him be. What do you think about that? Makes me think that she may not be a very good parent, but it also could mean that it's been going on for so long that it's normal to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene uh, where we're at uh, Katie's house, and they're at her wake. Um, Rachel is giving her condolences to her her sister and brother-in-law, who seems to be really out of it. Uh, That's her dad. Oh, Katie's dad, yeah. Yeah. I I said her sister, or her brother-in-law. At least I think I did. You said brother-in-law, but whose brother-in-law? Rachel's brother-in-law. She's giving her condolences. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she goes thought, to her sister and you know, you know, gives her condolences, and then she goes to the brother-in-law, okay. um, who's you know her sister's husband, and he's like sitting on the couch, and he's like, "Oh, uh, hey, Rachel," or whatever he says. He's just, yeah. he's just kind of oblivious to what's you know his surroundings right yeah. now. You know, it, it, everyone's kind of being respectful and and um, leaving him be. Because when you say brother-in-law, I don't, I don't think of him oh, as Katie's dad. Yeah, th- this is the only scene he's actually in, and that's mm-hmm. the only line he's ever spoken. So he's very forgettable in here. Um, to... No, I remembered him. I oh. just thought he was like the grandpa or something. Oh, I see. No, well, I. I mean, I knew he was Katie's dad. Okay. But when you say brother-in-law, I get brother-in-law and dad confused because oh. I don't think dad as a brother-in-law. But but I was talking about Rachel. She's the one who's giving condolences, so that's why I say brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just confusing. On. The sister, she is uh, washing dishes. I, I forget her name. Um, I'm Ruth? sure Ruth. That sounds about right. Ruth? Yeah, uh, she's washing dishes, and um, no one knows what's going on. Uh, the doctors don't seem to know. Uh, she looked online and couldn't find anything. And then she asks uh, if um, if Katie told Rachel anything because I don't know if they're close. But Ruth says that, you know, you can find out. Isn't that what you do? Uh, at this point, we don't know what Rachel does yet, but she's a reporter. Uh, so Rachel actually goes outside. Um, there, there's some teenagers outside, and there's a couple of girls that are smoking. And then she pulls out a cigarette, too. I think she asks for a light, you know, which is uh, a complete trope uh, in movies where somebody's always asking for a light. But, like, if you're a smoker, don't you have a light yourself? Yeah. But I, I, I get it. You know, it's a way to start conversation. One of the girls, I think, mentioned something um, about Becca being put in a straitjacket and then into a mental institution, uh, which at this point, I don't think Rachel even knew about Becca. Rachel is asking um, uh, the girls if she or Katie was you know, into drugs or anything like that. And then some random teenage boy who's also out there, he says that it's the tape you know, that kills you when you watch it. You know, um, and then one of the girl, you know, kind of slips and says that uh, Katie was with her boyfriend. And then Rachel asks, where's the boyfriend? And then she finds out that he also had died that same night. Apparently for suicide. Yeah. 
And then uh, it cuts to Aiden, um, you know, who's looking at the looking up the stairs, you know, from the bottom of the steps, which is almost the same shot of uh, Katie from earlier looking up when she was um, calling for Becca. This was a good scene, I think, featuring Aiden when it does show the same shot of him looking up. It it really does. Um, it shows him going up the stairs and it shows Katie's feet from the side going up the stairs quickly, too. I thought that was a really creepy moment. Kind of like, I haven't seen the movie, but I know it's kind of like in The Shining. Okay. Where it shows one scene and then it flashes to another and back to the same scene. So, like, picture Aiden walking up the stairs and then changing into Katie's feet and then changing back. Hmm. That's kind of the shot it was, and I actually I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so, yeah, he goes upstairs into Katie's room. Um, now, did you see someone up there before he went up? No. Okay, I, I thought I did, uh, so it could have been me. But this movie, I don't know, kind of plays tricks. Um, so I, I thought I uh, that Aiden might have seen something. But uh, Rachel finds him standing in the room looking at pictures of Katie. Uh, and then Rachel goes through, I don't know, I, I guess she found a binder that was on, uh, that has a bunch of like pictures and magazine clippings with uh, the faces scratched out. What what'd you think of that? I was just confused um, why that would happen. Yeah, uh, at, at first I, I was trying to remember. And so, so basically every picture uh, or clipping in this binder, uh, Katie has apparently, you know, scratched out, marked out with a with a, a pen or something like that. Um, and I, I really didn't remember what that was about. But in the next scene, Rachel is uh, walking and looking through uh, some pics uh, that she, I guess, she might have um, developed herself of Katie's, uh, and they're basically of her and her friends from when they were at the mountain. Uh, and the, the the pictures towards the end shows the, their faces being distorted. Their face looked like basically it was uh, somebody used a smudge tool in Photoshop. Kind of like, you know, when you look at digital cameras, uh, you can look through the pictures in order. So when you develop, they're yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Yeah, developed in order. I mean, I, order. I get that, but I didn't really think too much of these pictures. I just observed yeah. that their faces were blittered. Okay. Nothing too special. Uh, she then goes to look at some newspaper clippings and finds out all four of them that were at the mountain died at the exact same time at 10 p.m. Um, it's a very nitpick, but I had a problem that it was exactly at 10 p.m., uh, <laughs> Your nitpick was that it was exactly at ten and not all at the exact same second. No, not not. The, I mean, I, I wish it was like ten and like uh, not not ten o'clock p.m. Because you know they were all sitting down getting ready to watch. I think it was a football game that they thought that was recorded or whatever. So at ten o'clock precisely, that's when they put in this tape. But I just you know it's something. Uh, if you ever look through like obituaries in the newspaper there, um, well, I guess maybe not obituaries, but uh, I don't even read the newspaper. Yeah, well, usually in in, um, in newspapers and even on the news, when they're talking about a certain incident, usually they have like an exact time or they'll say around. So in this new newspaper, it was saying that they died like right at ten p.m. I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So, this nitpick got me. Like, how did? Was there? How was there people there who knew exactly what time they died? Like the the other two unimportant characters of the story that died at the same time, Katie and her boyfriend died. They were in a car accident when that happened. So I mean, they veered off a hill. So who was around there that saw it and you know recorded that exact same time? 
I see your validity of that question, but I guess the the other question I have is: so if they all died at the exact same time, despite it being ten o'clock, ten twenty-one, whatever the case may be, and I don't want to give it away yet, but are they are we to assume that they died the exact same way? At the exact same time? No, is that、um, that's, I mean, that's also said. I mean, Katie, we don't really know what happened to her. Yeah.、Um, her boyfriend, I think her name is Josh.、Uh, he fell off a cliff. That was apparently、mm. suicide. And the other two people, they were in a, they were in the same car and they veered off the hill. See, I, I almost、um, because we do get to see someone die later on in the movie. I actually thought that everybody dies the exact same way. Uh-huh. So if they don't, well, that makes more sense then that they can all die at ten o'clock.、Uh, I think know, they the all just、time. have to die. Yeah,、period. they just one way or another they just die. Then I guess、uh, because we'll get to see later on. But、uh, when we see Katie, she died almost the same way as another character later on. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes,、yeah, she did. But we don't really know what happened to either of them because it cuts away before we can see any more. Yeah. Because、um, we, we only get to see one of them play out later. Yeah, I just wanted to see,、uh, say something, but like、uh-huh. I thought it was, I had this little fantasy in my head when when all of this was playing. Okay, that the four people who were who watched the tape, if they were at, at the at a party with like a house full of people, how would they die? Yeah, I don't know. Like I know Becca was there when Katie died, apparently, and she had to go to a mental institution. But、uh-huh. what if the whole a whole party was there?、Uh, they could all be committed too, I suppose. I don't know. I thought it'd be kind of funny, like Samara would come out of the TV, and then or something. However, it works. Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> she looks around, sees the whole party, freaks out, and goes back in the TV. That would be funny. Yeah. But, um. um <clears throat> One more thing.、Mm-hmm. The two kids who died in a car. If sh- if the spirit appears through a TV, how did they die? We don't know, and apparently they didn't care enough to really even tell us. <laughs> so yeah, it, it didn't even. Oh well. See, the thing is, like,、uh, even Katie says she was just with her boyfriend. I don't even know why they threw in two、yeah. other people. I guess that's to kind of like、uh, build a little bit more. Like, oh, they all four died at the same time, which I think you could have. It could have just been fine with just the two of them. Well, I think they just may. It may have been. It may have just been a coincidence to us viewers, and so they had to put more people in there to make it more believable. Except they put it at exactly right on the dot, ten o'clock. I, I believe that、uh, I believe you're probably right on that because、uh, Rachel makes a call to the coroner to confirm that all four of them did die at ten o'clock. Yeah. So、uh, I, again, if it was just the two, you could be right that you know she can probably just kind of dismiss it that well, it, it was just a coincidence. But、uh, n- nonetheless, that's a pretty big coincidence. Missy,、um, and then so she does more investigating, and then she drives up、uh, towards the mountain. Uh, and she goes to to the office, and then we get this.、Uh, I, I think you know it's kind of a comical scene, but we I don't know get the、uh, the guy that works the desk basically, and he's kind of like practicing a card trick. And then I don't know. I guess she asks him if、uh, he remembers you know such a couple from a week ago, and he says that they were、uh, in cabin twelve and that they didn't pay. <laughs>、uh, And she decides that she would take a nap before she drives back and asks for cabin twelve.、Um, well, nap, quote unquote. Yeah, right. Well, you know, she's obviously there to do some investigation.、Uh, 
so she's looking through the tape selection and, and then the guy asks, you know, he's kind of like, hey, you know, kind of in a suspicious manner. And she turns around. He's like, is, is this your card? So I, I thought it was really funny that he still continued this card trick. Um, so it looks like it's something that he kind of practices, you know, since they probably don't get a lot of people coming up there. Yeah. Well, he uh, it, it was only suspenseful, be- suspenseful because she was looking at a DVR case, bookcase sort of. VHS. VHS whatever it's called, <laughs> VHS tapes, and she sees one blank one out of all of them. So when she, when he, what's this guy's name? The it, innkeeper. Yeah, sure. Name, the innkeeper looks away. She kind of grabs the tape and kind of, she kind of takes the tape and puts it in her purse. And that's what makes it so tense when he calls back out. Oh, okay. She had already, I thought she was just looking at yeah, it still. Yeah, she had already taken it. Yeah, so she um, she goes to the cabin, and we see a time lapse over a tree. Uh, Rachel is sitting there with the tape, and she puts it in. And at first, she sees a bunch of static. Yeah, and then she sees a ring, a uh, stream of blood, a chair in an empty room, uh, a brunette lady brushing her hair. This well, is all in really black and white, right? Brunette. Yeah. Well, she she has dark hair. Well, okay, it could be black hair. Uh, a tree that's on fire. Uh, you see a bunch of maggots. Uh, a figure looking from out the window, and the lady that was brushing her hair turns around, kind of, kind of, you know, looks into the camera, kind of thing. And then there's uh, another image of somebody that free falls off of a cliff, and then we see uh, an image of again uh, a water well that we kind of saw earlier, uh, or that Katie saw. Uh, she turns off the video, and then uh, immediately the the cabin phone rings. Which, okay, I, I guess cabins can have phones. Um, but this cabin looks so old and stuff. It does. It, I don't know. Like I, there's moss all over it. It looked like it was falling apart. I, I understand hotels and motels would have phone, phones. But, uh, I mean, and cabins, I, I suppose, could too. But just the appearance of these cabins. I mean, like you said, I, I it was kind of weird for it to have a phone. And a TV and a VHS player. Well, the, the, those are, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, amenities that are, you know, very people. I can see wanting that, you know, for their getaway for the weekend or whatever the case is. Uh, but she picks up the phone and hears a little girl's voice say seven days, and then she leaves. Uh, back at her place, Aiden is making himself lunch and heads off to school. Um, she's looking at, you know, the pictures from earlier again. Now, as Aiden is walking outside, uh, he kind of, you know almost walks into a man and they kind of stop and uh stop in each other's way they kind of look at each other who did you have who, who do you think this guy was when when we saw this i thought he was just a random stranger who's seen him before maybe just some just some guy nothing really special yeah i i kind of forgot um i knew that he was on his way to go see rachel but i, I forgot who he was uh in relation to aiden then we go inside and we find out his name is noah and he's also looking at the pictures, and he just thinks that it's some you know cool effect. Uh, but he takes her pick with a digital camera, and then we can see the face is distorted in every shot. So she tells him about the tape, and he wants to see it. And she steps outside while he's watching it. And I'm I'm kind of glad they did this because I didn't, I didn't want to have to watch that video again. Unfortunately, uh, we have to later. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, out, while outside, she's you know just looking at her neighbors, just kind of looking around. Um, and then Noah comes outside and just says, it, it's a student film, you know, and then the phone rings, 
which she ignores, and he asks if she's going to answer. So uh, they both kind of wait, and then it just stops. So he thinks nothing of it. Um, she kind of brings up, you know, that four people died, you know, that it was just kind of a weird coincidence and asks Noah if he would look into it. And, uh, he, you know, he says that he would, uh, she goes over to the phone and sees there's a message and she just hits delete. Doesn't even want to check it out. Do you think that's what it was? It would have been funny. Well, it would have been funny because they left a message yeah. <laughs> that it was seven days, so she deleted it. So I, I think it was funny to even include that, that there was a message left. Well, I'm just glad they didn't play it because it would have just been really funny. Um, the next scene, Rachel's at work, and she's going. Uh, she goes into the audio-visual screening room, and she watches the video again, basically trying to analyze it at this point and looking at the controls and then the numbers turn all weird looking, right? They're kind of foreign looking. Uh, the, the numbers on the... Uh, they weren't even numbers, really. They were just things that were moving around on the kind of Kind of Matrix looking. Like, yeah. I haven't know, seen the Matrix, characters. but I'm pretty okay. sure it is. Yeah, it was just a bunch of weird looking characters. Uh, you know, it, it, these are the numbers on the control uh, monitor, basically. They, they go from actual numbers to weird characters. And then she sees that there's a fly on the screen, and she tries to touch it, but it's actually on the film, like inside the TV, uh, which was interesting. What do you think of that? Like, she, she saw the, because the, the film is paused, and then uh, she sees a fly on the monitor, which she thought that it was on the screen. Uh-huh. And then she tries to touch it, but it's like it's on the actual film oh, yeah. itself. I thought that was really creepy because it's just like twitching in place, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, yeah, because like... it's paused, right? Yeah. The video's on pause, and then the the fly is obviously moving. Um, so we 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 cut to Noah and her watching it again, but this time at his place. And uh, the tape, rec- he says, the tape recording is like being born without fingerprints. You, you know, he he was able to kind of look into this uh, tape a little bit further. He obviously has some kind of, mm, I don't know, little studio, recording studio of some sort, where uh, he he just said that the origin of this tape is kind of kind of unknown. It's kind of weird. Um, and he's running a tape through some player that has controls that can stretch the frames, I guess, from left to right, which was another interesting thing. Uh, but Rachel tries to help, but she ruins it. I thought she was really stupid in this scene. D- do you remember what I'm talking about? When uh, her his assistant comes in? No, no, no. This is her. They're, they're actually watching it, and he uh, he t- turns a knob, which kind of stretches the screen a little bit, and you can kind of see some more images. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to help out by reaching for the knob, oh, too, but yeah. he's he's already controlling it. Mm-hmm. And then she does something that like ruins the tape. And I'm just like, God, you're, you're such an idiot. Why would you do that? Like, l- let, let him control it. He, you know, it's his machine. Yeah. Um, I was like, he he definitely has more experience with it than she does. Sure. I don't know why she would want to be the one to try and do it. I mean, after all, they both have watched it. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then at this point, the colleague that you, you speak of, uh, she comes in and interrupts. Um, now, Noah calls her his colleague. Now, are we to... Is it even dropped if they're dating or not? Because I, I kind of... She kissed him on the cheek. I don't know if yeah. that really counts. Yeah, so it, it, it's obviously some kind of relationship. And um, so Noah says that the colleague or the, that the woman is the colleague. And so we kind of get something. We get the feeling that, okay, Noah is saying this because he doesn't want Rachel to kind of think that the woman's his girlfriend, right? 
So he just like kind of like, oh, you know, she's my colleague. When uh, in fact that they're, they're probably dating, and he just doesn't want Rachel to know. The weird thing is, you only see this woman twice in this movie. Yeah, literally only twice. And that's okay. I don't need to see any more of her. She she bring her you know her character brings nothing, and and she's only she's only introduced I think obviously for the second time that we see her. Uh, but Rachel Rachel ends up leaving. You know she just feels that she's kind of um you know she doesn't want to be caught in the middle of something. You know. Uh, so she walks out of the building and right under a ladder, which I, I guess uh, I, I forgot to mention that we did see a ladder, uh, an image of a ladder on the video. And she turns around and she's about to walk under it and uh, she's about to get up the ladder. And then a man stops her and says, it's bad luck. Uh, I think during the viewing of this, you mentioned that it leads to nothing. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because <laughs> there was no window above the ladder or anything. It's just... Oh, ladder on the wall. Yeah, it's a tall ladder that's just up against the wall. There's no windows. There's no balcony. And uh, so I, th- I thought that was really funny. Like, it, it leads to nothing. Uh, Rachel goes to see Becca at the mental institution. And Becca is out of it. Um, she's asking questions, but she's not getting any responses. Uh, she Rachel asks um, about the tape. Still nothing. And then uh, Rachel, Rachel says, says she wants, she wants to, to know. And then uh, Becca replies, and you will. She'll show you. And then Rachel says, who? And then um, Becca replies, not now, four days. So it it has been three days since Rachel's watched the tape. How does Becca know this? Well, how does Aiden know certain things? Aiden's creepy. Becca's normal. (laughs) She wouldn't be in a mental institution if she was normal. Well, she was normal. She was normal. How did she change from normal to this? She witnessed something very disturbing. But how would she know that Rachel's already watched it? No idea. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, I I obviously have an inkling, but I don't want to say it yet. Uh, Let's see. Rachel goes into uh, some editing room, and she plays the tape, and she's trying to make some things clear and print images, which I think she prints one of a, um, a lighthouse. And she runs, ruins the machine, just like how she almost did with Noah's machine. And then she sees the fly again. Um, she kind of plays with the rewind button and pauses it and sees it's moving. And now she actually removes it off off the screen. Now, what do you think of that? That was a creepy moment. <laughs> just as creepy, but this time she's actually able to touch the fly. Yes, but that also kind of got me like, how come she couldn't do it before, but she can do it now? Yeah, I, maybe I, it's just because she's closer to her death. Could be. Actually, that's 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 actually really liable. Yeah, no, it 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 could very well be, but um, you know, perhaps that it's a uh, directional choice, you know, to kind of build mystique. You know, usually people are scared of the unknown. Do you get it though? Like, it takes seven days to die. Mm-hmm. Maybe as the closer you are to dying, the more things can come out. That's how. Later on. Later on okay. happens. Yeah. So that's why the little things can come by fast. So she she can be able to grab that fly and take it out. There you go. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then all of a sudden her nose bleeds. And that's pretty much the end of that scene. I don't even get that scene or that part. Why does her nose bleed? Uh, because it's been three days and maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, see she goes to the library and she's looking up all you know different lighthouses from around the country and then she finds a match 
And then she starts doing some more research online, uh, sees a picture of some women in front of that same lighthouse. Uh, and one of the ladies is the one from the video. Uh, she finds her name and searches it. And what, what is it? Uh, Anna Morgan. Anna Morgan. Uh, she looks through the newspaper articles, and apparently uh, Anna Morgan used to own some thoroughbred horses uh, that drowned. Uh, one article reads that she committed suicide uh, and suffered from hallucinations and basically was committed, I, I think, right, to a mental institution. Was I don't she? think she was. She, no, that wasn't her. Hmm. She might have. I mean, if she had hallucinations, I, I'd imagine she'd get committed. Because I remember there were records of her being in. A, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I believe she's committed. Then. Okay. Uh, we cut to. <laughs> it, here's another funny scene Noah is buying a pack of cigarettes. And the cashier says, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks at her, and she's like, cousin smoked two packs a day and never looked back. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Um, now, he looks up at the surveillance camera and sees himself on the monitor, and his face is all distorted. Now, that's weird, because that's a, that's a live feed right there, mm -hmm. not even pictures. Uh, and he, and the, the cashier, she looks at him looking at the monitor. So she looks at the monitor, looks back at him like, what the hell are you looking at? So I She doesn't see it? No, she doesn't see it. She's looking at him like, what, what are you even looking at? Oh, I thought she saw it, but she was confused. Oh, that's the way you read that? Yeah, I, I read that. Yeah. All the times that I've seen this, I've never read it that way. I've always like, what are you looking at? Is the way I looked at it, but because, but you saying that makes sense because Noah was able to see the pictures earlier. Exactly. Yeah, so before he watched it. Yeah, that could be very my, my, well. And the, then I think Rachel looked at the pictures before she even watched the video. That's too. true. That's true. I just feel like uh, maybe this this was on the director. What I would have done was maybe uh, instead of well, I don't know. I I guess it's not bad that the cashier kept on looking at him and then the monitor. But she, maybe it should have been something where she's like trying to, I don't know, maybe she slaps like the, the, the recorder or something. Like, you know, she thought that maybe it was malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. Because that's just kind of a weird thing, right? Because even he thought that the pictures were like a cool effect. So for her, if she indeed saw a distorted image of his face on the live feed on the monitor, I would feel she would think that it's some kind of malfunction on the equipment and, and not think like, hey, how come your face doesn't look like what I'm looking at on the monitor? Um, When I saw this scene, if you ever watched Hitch starring Will Smith, it's kind of like the scene in the drugstore, or I don't know where they are, where he uh, he's, he's eaten... I don't know, he's eating shellfish, something, shellfish, yeah. and he's allergic to it, so he looks up at the mirror in every aisle, and he just goes, damn, because yeah. he sees himself, it's just all yeah. puffy and stuff. Uh, Rachel goes home, and Aiden's already in bed. Uh, she calls her uh, sister Ruthie, um, and asks to watch Aiden, and she starts choking on water. Now, I don't think she hung up yet at this point, but I would imagine the sister trying to call back or something, you know, because <laughs> she should have been like, ah, oh, I heard you choking. Um, but she pulls out really long strand of hair or strands of long hair, I suppose. Um, I don't know if it was hair or wire. What did you, what did you think what it was? Cause I, it I was know what dark. it was. It was hair. Was it, it was hair? hair? Well, um, Samara is tested at her mental institution. Let, let's say who Samara is. Uh, she's basically the, the girl who calls you, uh, and she is 
probably the image that most people have seen on the cover box. So, you know, mm-hmm. Samara is basically the supernatural being in this movie. And in Morgan... Uh, do we know that there's a relationship? I think so. Yeah, we'll anyway, just go ahead and say it. Anyway, yeah. okay. So there's a uh, a daughter-mother relationship between Anna Morgan and... Samara. Samara and Richard Morgan. Okay. They're, they're a little family together. Mm-hmm. But anyway... When Samara is in the mental institution, they are testing her and stuff. Right. So the wire that Rachel pulls out is one of those things that go on your head to read what you're thinking about and stuff, like sensors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I, I know that's what that was, but the cord was, was dark. It wasn't white like yeah. like we actually saw. So that's why I thought it was like long strands of hair it may attached to the sensor. So just like somewhere in a lot. When things get old, they tend to get more... But the sensor part was still white. Yeah, that's the yeah. weird part of it all. So that's why I think it's... Well, uh, let's, let's just go with the long strands of hair, you know, <laughs> connected to the sensor, because I'll bring this up again later on. Okay. Uh, she goes in... Let me see. Rachel then goes into Aiden's room to find a puddle of water and a girl sitting in a chair with her back to Rachel. And now she goes to her, and then the girl grabs her arm, and she wakes up and gets... Uh, and guess it's been a dream. I don't know. But she looks at her arm and she sees bruising. Uh, she goes Burn. to... Huh? Burn. Oh, it's burns? Yeah, Okay, burns. burn marks. Uh, she goes to Aiden's room to find him missing. And then she goes into the living room to find that Aiden had just got done watching the videotape himself. Um, uh, I guess he couldn't sleep. And so he decided to watch some random tape. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I guess he just wanted to watch TV and then, ooh, his mom left it in the VHR. Yeah, VHS. VHS. Player. VCR. VCR, whatever the, the it's VCR. called. VHS is the tape. VCR is the player. Uh, the phone rings and does she does she just ignore it? I kind of forget because the phone she rings again. She ignores it and okay. then it rings the, again. And then it's Noah this time. And then she says... He watched it, and Noah replies, who? And then she says, our son. So I, up until this point, I had forgotten that they were father and son. Okay, so that now, the whole thing about his colleague, so that makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. They, they obviously have a past relationship. They had uh, Aiden together, and obviously they still, uh, or um, Noah and Rachel, they still have a pretty decent relationship because it's, you know, she's going to him for things and stuff like that. What I question is, why does he? Why is he not a part of Aiden's life? You know, Aiden doesn't know who he is. Um, but later on, when they are together, Aiden does say, hey, I've seen you around the school. You know, I've seen you around, that kind of thing. So it, it's just kind of weird that Rachel does seem to have some sort of relationship with Noah, yet Noah and Aiden does not. So I think that's kind of weird because... The only reason I feel that Aiden and uh, Noah would not have a relationship is if Noah and Rachel did not get along and that there was bad blood. Uh, we do find out that they, you know, it didn't work out between the two of them because they just kind of weren't ready, I guess, uh, to be together or whatever the case was. But it's just still kind of weird that they do have uh, what appears to be a pretty decent relationship that doesn't involve, you know, Aiden as as Noah being a big factor in an agent's life. It, it, that's just kind of weird to me. Do you oh, have any yeah, thoughts on I that? Oh, yeah, I get you. I get yeah. you. 
we get a quick scene that uh, Rachel is going through Katie's binder again, and she is dropping off Aiden at her sister's. Um, so Noah and Rachel, they are driving uh, to the island where the lighthouse is, and she's telling Noah um, basically what she's read. Okay, and Noah's um, she tells Noah to go to the psychiatric hospital to find out what he can about Anna while she goes to the lighthouse. Uh, which I don't think it's, I don't know if it's really brought up, but this is basically taking place in Washington. Kind of, I don't want to say near Seattle, but in northern Washington, that kind of area. Rachel visited the lighthouse? Lighthouse. Yeah, lighthouse. Yeah, she goes there. Oh, I, don't, I don't remember her visiting the lighthouse. I just remember her visiting a house. Well, she goes to the Morgan's house, but uh, I'd imagine it's pretty close to the lighthouse because I believe they own that property. It's kind of because, like, she sees the image of the lighthouse in the video and stuff, but she never goes to the actual lighthouse. Yeah, I just kind of always assume that it's on the same property as their land, you know, because we we do come to, come to find that this area is you know it's just kind of it's not very you know big population in 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 the town right everyone kind of seems to know each other that kind of thing uh rachel she is taking a ferry uh to the island and she's reading you know some more newspaper articles and finds out that uh anna had a daughter and i don't know how she missed that before i mean you know in the little bit of research that she's been doing Uh, but she starts walking and sees a horse in a trailer and for whatever reason, she decides to pet it and aggravates it. Um, a lot. Yeah, basically she pisses off the horse and just starts going nuts in the trailer, right? Kicks the gate open and then charges around before it eventually runs in and uh, jumps off the ferry. Uh, and this was kind of kind of bloody. Uh, the horse goes under the ship and everyone that was around to witness it runs to the other end to find a pool of blood coming from under the ship. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of that? That's actually a... Kind of creepy. Yeah, it's well, very creepy. Um, That's good idea pretty by disturbing. the director. Yeah, it was in it was in the VH, whatever it's called. <laughs> the t- you can say the tape. It was in the tape <laughs> that there was a pool of blood coming out from somewhere, and they saw that. Uh huh. Um, I think throughout the movie, the direct the director was trying to create scenes in the movie that was relating to the tape or that was in the tape. Yeah. So this was a. Good scene from the director. <clears throat> Noah is at the psychiatric hospital, I guess, um, and tries to get Anna's record, but he can't unless he's family. Uh, he claims he's seen them before upstairs, and then there's this, there's an orderly standing there. He's like, nice try, pal. They're downstairs, <laughs> which I don't know why he would openly give that information, but um, funny enough, uh, Noah makes his way down there, and he starts looking around. Uh, we cut back to Rachel, and she uh, arrives at the Morgan's residence, and she starts looking around. Uh, she looks up and sees his window, and immediately remembers the image of someone looking out of it uh, in the video. Uh, she sees Mr. Morgan working in, um, I don't know, out in the field, and she goes to introduce herself. Uh, he thinks she's there to ask about the horses, and she starts asking some general questions about them. Um, and then they go inside of the house, and... She starts looking at the pictures that are hanging around uh, on the walls and, you know, just other random pictures around the house. Uh, He kind of gets suspicious because of her questions and asks who she is again. Uh, She brings up the tape, and he asks where she found it. So, obviously, he knows about it. 
Um, she made a copy, or well, she says she did, she did, which I don't believe she did yet. Uh, but he's not interested in the tape, but wants her to leave. Um, he basically tells her to drop everything and stop what she's doing, and she leaves. Oh, she also did make a copy of the tape a long time ago. It was like towards the beginning of the movie, because Noah asks her if mm. he can, if she can make him a tape. Okay, okay. She starts leaving the property and turns around and pulls out a drawing Aiden made from uh, for her earlier, and it's of um, it's basically a picture of the the Morgans' farm. That was creepy. I wonder how many times we said that word. Uh, Noah finds Anna's file and uh, finds that she had a lot of miscarriages and also some film images. Um, uh, I think these were just basically cells, right? Film cells? Yes. Um, uh, then we cut to Rachel calls Aiden at home, uh, who has been drawing a bunch of circular images. You know, just kind of drawing in big circles, Realistic. rings and stuff. Um, he tells her that uh, a little girl told him to to draw that picture and uh, she tells him things so because Aiden tells her this this is why I believe why Becca knew the information that she did that maybe she's hearing it from Samara herself as well oh okay yeah so that's I didn't want to say that yet until we get to here because Aiden explains it but why that she tells would him Samara things. pick Becca and Aiden out of all people good good question you know, maybe because they've never seen the tape. Ah, it it comes up later, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so I'll bring it up later. Uh, Rachel goes to see uh, a local doctor, which I don't know what her exact profession is, but we do find that you know, basically psycholo- uh, psychology of some sort. Uh, and this doctor, she knows the Morgans. Um, I, I believe she is, their, is their, their doctor. And she knows something. She, we cut to them outside, and the doctor is basically telling Rachel about the Morgans and uh, almost everything she knows, really, <laughs> which is funny because, okay, I don't know if she's retired or if, she, if she's still an active doctor, but the stuff that she's telling Rachel is basically um, kind of violating um, <laughs> some act. Uh, I forgot that. Small town. Well, she may have been it, off duty. It, it, it doesn't matter because there's there's a there's a patient doctor uh yeah. you know thing where you you know it, that information is classified she really uh in theory shouldn't be able to be telling Rachel these things uh the doctor tells Rachel that Anna has had always wanted kids and they kept on trying and then the Morgans they went away and came back with Samara one day so do I guess I guess Samara was adopted the way she- this doctor words it and makes it seem like she was adopted, but it also could have been that they went away for some time. And yeah, they went away for back. some time. It came back with her. Yeah, it's not really clear, but I, I want to say she was adopted just because that they have been trying and had very many miscarriages. Um, it's really really hard to say unless we just completely missed it. But uh, Anna started seeing the doctor and. Um, I don't know, I guess she started acting weird, but that was only when uh, Samara was around. And then the doctor tells Rachel things, you know, have been better since she was put away. So I, I guess we kind of find out that Samara's still around. That's what we're given. That's yeah. What we're, that's what we've been made to think. She was kind of vague with that. Yes. Uh, we go back to Noah, and he's at some place uh, that has footage of Samara. Uh, the guy... 
that he talks to knows he's up to something and makes it clear to not walk out of there with anything. Uh, I thought that was kind of a, a short, funny scene, too. Uh, the guy he talks to gets the tape and finds that it's missing. <laughs> uh, now, you've never had to really deal with, well, you, you've dealt with VHS tapes before, but if you've gotten a case, you would know if it's empty or not. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that he's holding an empty case and didn't realize it was empty until he opened it. Um, and then Noah asks uh, if he can check on, if that guy can check to see who uh, checked it out last. And he said it was him. So uh, we find that he was posing as Richard Morgan because it shows that name. Well, he it we find that out at the very beginning of the scene. Did he say that his yeah. name was Richard Morgan? Okay. He said, what was your name again? And then he says, oh, Richard Morgan. Okay, I missed that. I must have been taking notes. But, um, yeah, so so the guy was like, well, you said you're Richard Morgan. And the expression on his face, I thought it was very comical. Um uh, we go back to Rachel, and she is going back to the Morgan residence yet again. Uh, she's inside the house, and no one appears to be around. So she you know, starts snooping, as uh, reporters do, and finds an open box, which has a bunch of Samara's files in it, which is kind of random to be just, you know, not hidden somewhere. Uh, she sees a tape in the VCR. Well, he, may have, he may have just watched it. Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan may have just watched it and then put I, it all back. I doubt it because um, what we kind of get is that he's trying to distance himself from anything Samara. Well, that's the thing. Maybe he was, but then Rachel came back and he brought himself mm. back. Oh, okay. I like that. that. That could be a deleted scene, which I'm sure there's plenty of that somewhere. Yeah, she, she plays the tape that's in the VCR and it's a session with Samara. Uh, now, I don't know if you know, but the girl who played Samara was also the voice of Lilo. Oh, <laughs> that's man. about it's about the same time. Now my childhood is ruined. <laughs> uh, she's being asked how she made those images on the film, um, which I think we got to see a little bit of it earlier. That's those cells that I mentioned. Uh, we find out that Samara just wants her mom and that she thinks her dad hates her. Right, so that's already kind of telling us the relationship. Yeah. Uh, the tape ends and we see a figure behind Rachel. And it's Mr. Morgan who hits her in the head. Now, that scene scared you. This scene scared me. You I actually... mean, I saw him in the back, <laughs> but then when it actually happened, I was like, no, Rachel. I don't think that's the way you reacted. You kind of more screamed. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was funny because, um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a jump scene. Um, but uh, Rachel, she, you know, she wasn't unconscious or anything, but she confronts Mr. Morgan and questions what he did with Samara. Uh, and he's, you know, he explains that she's the the cause for everything that went bad. And then, you know, she, Rachel's following him and he's, you know, going into the bathroom and he's plugging in all these electrical items and, uh, is basically attempting to commit suicide, which came out of nowhere. This actually makes me kind of wonder, like, she's watching this video and Mr. Morgan comes up behind her and just kind of hits her really hard. Yeah. But he doesn't even try and finish her off. He just hits her like, well, that's for coming in my house and I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah, I guess it, it doesn't just... matter because he is going to die. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't really have to deal with it anymore. Uh, he thought Samara was gone, but Rachel going there proved that she will always be around, which is just very eerie. Um, and then he kills himself, and then Noah arrives. Rachel remembers uh, something that uh, Mr. Morgan said and figures there's something in the barn. And he, uh, she goes inside to find a ladder that leads up to a room 
at the top of the barn. Uh, presumably, Samara lived up there. Um, Noah sees uh, something behind a torn wallpaper uh, up there. They both tear it off to find an image of a tree burned into the wall. And she remembers seeing uh, seeing that at the at Shelter Mountain is what it's called. What did you think of that room up there? That was creepy. Yeah. And sort of depressing. It's very depressing because they went out of their way to build an actual little girl's room at the top of this barn. And it's such a big climb on the ladder. Like, it is. And I would be scared to like climb up there and go back down every single well, day. Well, no, here's the thing. if uh, Who are you talking about, Samara? Samara. No, I believe they built that room for her. And while she's up there, they take that ladder down. Oh, that's even sad. What? No. I don't think that's true because uh, the ladder looks like it's actually like bolted in. I don't remember, but because what if you're gonna build her a room up there, why would you allow her to come up and down the st- uh, ladder every day, or or as she pleases? You know what oh. I mean? Well, maybe it's just something that she might have thought would be fun. Because I mean, because we don't know. I don't believe we know when Samara was actually committed, right? So we it, it could. It could be as easy as uh, Anna committing suicide, and then prior to uh, Samara being put into, you know, wherever she was put, that Mr. Morgan built that room for her while she was living up there. You know, something like that. I mean, the, the timeline is, isn't is really, I don't know, specified unless, again, I'm just not getting it. But I feel that, you know, that was kind of, you know... Um, a, 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 a keeping for her, you know, to stay out of trouble, that kind of thing. Well, whenever we see Samara, she always looks the same age. Like, you can never tell when she's older or when she's younger. Right. But I just, I don't know. Well, why would you build a room so high up and, and, again, allow her to go up and down the ladder? So I just feel like they would take that, he would take that away from her, you know, and just kind of uh, keep her up there. Um, let me see. Uh, Noah and Rachel, they go back to cabin 12. At least I think it is. It is. And it's been a week, and she's telling him to save Aiden. So she she obviously obviously thinks she's gonna die. Um, that is too late for her. And then they kind of fight, and Noah insists that there's a reason that they're there, right? So he starts throwing things and knock uh, knocks over a jar of marbles that r- rolls into the ground or onto the ground and form a shape of an arrow pointing to something. Um, they find some marking under the floor, and they break the boards. And dun-dun-dun, they find the well. Oh, man. This is, like, really... So, it's really weird because this is the well. It, you know, we'll, we'll get there soon here. But this is the well that we have been seeing on that video. So, did the Morgans buy out this land and have a bunch of cabins built over it? Yes. Yeah. But... All of this just to cover up the well that they put her in, and even then, it's a very deep well. How do you get water from that well? There was, no... yeah. I'm just confused. That yeah, the the well is obviously out of commission now since they they built um, you know the cabins all around that area, and they go as far as you know closing it up so that way no one knows that it, it's even there. Um. Rachel flashes a flashlight down the well, but they don't see anything. And then a quick scene of the TV flickering. Uh, we see the nails from the floorboards uh, starting to come up or come out of the boards. And water is leaking from somewhere. 
Um, all of a sudden, a bunch of bats come out of the well, and I think the TV hits Rachel from behind and knocks her into the well. Oh, I would be so scared. Yeah, that's Not just because uh, of falling into a well, but because of all the nasty stuff in there. But because of yeah. all the nasty stuff at the bottom of the well, like if there's a dead body there, I'm like, ugh. Just because of the shivers. I mean, I don't mind falling that deep, but still. Yeah. Uh, let me see. She temporarily loses consci- consciousness, but wakes up uh, in the well, and the water is waist high. Uh, she uses the flashlight to look at the walls and sees um, scrapes on the wall and finds a fingernail or a finger, a fingernail, fingernail. Uh, lodged into the wall. So somebody's been clawing while they were down there. Uh, Noah goes outside to get a hose, but um, couldn't pull it far enough to to get Rachel out. Um, at the same time, the well is closing on its own, and she finds uh, hair in the water. So I, I thought that's why the, you know the hair was attached to the sensor earlier that she pulled out of her mouth. Uh, yeah, I guess. But how would it get to her mouth? If I don't know. Uh, we get a flashback to what appears is the back of Samara standing by that well, singing. Uh, Anna comes up from behind her and puts a bag over her head, suffocating her. After they talk. Huh? After they talk. Yeah, yeah, they have a little talk. But yeah, she puts a bag over her head, Samara's head, suffocates her and drops her into the well. Um, And then we get a shot from inside the well looking up. um, And we see that the the lid being closed. And that's the image of the ring that everybody sees on the cover box and stuff. So that's what the ring is. Uh, With the lid closing, uh, it makes it look like a lunar eclipse kind of. Uh, Rachel figures out that she was still alive, and from under the water, Samara rises, and the body turns into like a skeletal form. Well, after, well, okay, so the body rises, and it still shows Samara mm-hmm. in her, like, just as she's going in, like she's still alive, but then it dissolves into a skeleton. Right, and then, yeah, the body changes. Uh, Noah is shouting uh, down the well, and she says that she's still there. Uh, a few hours later, you know, obviously it was a few hours later because now it's dark. Um, Noah tells Rachel Samara is being buried the following week, which I, I don't even know uh, how, you know, like, it, so, I don't know how that arrangement is already being made after a few hours, but whatever. Um, Rachel doesn't understand how Anna could have done such a thing. I mean, let's talk about that real Do quick. Do you even know why? Why what? Why Anna did that? Uh... I think because of all the bad stuff that was happening, you know, I mean, she was getting hallucinations and things like that. Like, that's a pretty darn disturbing image that that we saw, you know, Anna coming up, you know, behind Samara. Uh, Samara, you know, standing in front of the well, singing already is kind of a a very eerie image uh, on its own. And then for Anna to come up behind her, have that little talk... And put a bag over her head. You know, it's just really, gosh, I mean, lack of a better word, disturbing. We keep saying the same words because that's, you know, that's exactly how we feel, right? It, it, things are creepy, things are disturbing, and things are very eerie in this movie. But yeah. what, what do you think about that scene? Just no, not a whole lot to say, right? Not a whole lot to say. It just makes me wonder why she would do that. Yeah, I think she was just going hysterical. You know, I mean, uh, everything that's happening, the horse is dying. She wasn't and... even acting hysterical when she did it either. She was just, she was calm when she was doing it. She everything. seemed calm, sure. And maybe she was starting to get sick in the head herself. You know, that that could be it. I mean, she ended up committing suicide, right? And maybe she did so because she felt so guilty, maybe, to, because she killed Samara. What do you think? 
I think she was guilty about killing Samora, like about having to. Yeah. So I mean, it probably got to her, and she, you know, she couldn't uh, handle it anymore. But uh, yeah, Rachel says that she wants to go home. And Noah says that he couldn't imagine being down there uh, for that long like that and wondered how long she was down there for, which Rachel replies, seven days. So that's where we get that one. Uh, I mean, it's viable that she could because, you know, you can't survive. Or you can survive a few weeks without food and, you know, three days without water. But I guess she had water to drink out of. You, you, know, what, you know what this kind of reminded me of was that uh, season two of Walking Dead. With a, uh-huh. with a well. <laughs> it kind of made me think about that for a little bit. Um, Rachel gets home and Aiden is uh, sleeping on the f- floor. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, some reason. Yeah. Noah picks him up and uh, and they head home, right? Because they were just at uh, Ruthie's house. Mm-hmm. We get a quick shot of the little creeper opening his eyes and sees the two of them and smile. What do you think that was? I don't know. Probably because he knows that Noah's his dad and yeah. that they're together. Um, Again. Yeah, see, so it, it still questions me, or I, I wonder why. She um, left him out of Noah's, or Aiden's life. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I know earlier that um, uh, Noah says something to the effect of that he doesn't feel like he would make a good father, you know, and that he was too young. But uh, Noah leaves and tells her to call him. And then we get a really short scene of uh, Rachel showering, and just it kind of reminds me of Psycho. And Reminds me of Psycho, too. Huh? Reminds me of Psycho, too. We're, yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, the next morning, um, Aiden wakes up with Rachel in bed uh, with him, and he asks about Samara, and she tells him that uh, they set her free. And then Aiden asks, why did she do that? You know, you, you weren't supposed to help her. And then Rachel insists that uh, they would be okay, and then notices, are these also burn marks on Aiden's yes. arm? Or are they okay? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Aiden's arm or uh, nose starts to bleed as well. And Aiden says that uh, you know she never sleeps. Because referring to Samara, in uh, one of Samara's sessions at her mental hospital, it showed that Samara never went to bed. That she was just waiting, standing around stuff. Yeah. Oh, God. Just thinking about that gave me the uh, the chills. But, yeah, there, there's uh, one footage, which I think Rachel was, like, fast-forwarding through. Or was it her, Rachel or Noah was looking at? The, I think it was Rachel. It was Rachel. She was fast-forwarding through through this uh, footage of Samara inside, um, you know, her room or whatever it is that she was staying in. And all it was was just, you know, hours of Samara basically either, you know, standing in one place and then uh, very little movement, just a bunch of it just kind of staring into the camera or staring on the at the wall. And, yeah, just never sleeping and just standing and staring off into space. So um, just a very weird video. And then we uh, get to Noah's apartment, and he's in there by himself. Uh I don't remember exactly what he's doing. He's doing, but uh, his TV turns on by itself, and again we see nothing but static. Uh, he turns it off, and as he walks away from it, it turns on again, and we see the well, like we have. So this is the third time we've seen it. Uh, Rachel is calling him on his phone, but he's not picking up. Uh, he sees something coming out of the well, and it's Samara. Right? She's like slowly climbing out of it. Uh-huh. Uh, she climbs out of the well and out of the TV. Uh, what did you think of that uh, that that effect right there? Well, coming out of the TV, uh-huh. that was a uh, that's actually pretty cool for two thousand one or two thousand two when uh-huh. it first came out. Yeah, 
I don't think um, there was another movie in that age that could have done something like this. This is this was probably a really cool one that came out. I um, I want to say there there are plenty of other movies, uh, horror movies that actually have done that, where something comes out of the TV. So that would kind of be a good comparison to kind of see if uh, even the older movies did it just as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of a cool thing. Um, so yeah, she's like really, literally climbing out of the TV, and and she stands up. Uh, Noah starts backing up, and because the TV has basically like uh, uh, the screen has been all snowy and staticky, there's a there's this jump scare scene kind of thing where where she teleports like from in front of the TV. She flickers. Yeah, flickers to like real close. To us, right, and uh-huh. that's the scene that made everybody in the theater jump, you know. And then, like, uh, I could, I could see like everybody in unison just, you know, uh, jump backwards in their seat. And then, like, like two seconds later, it, everyone starts kind of chuckling because, like, you know, it, it really got us. Uh, so that that was really scary. Um, then we see her face, and she does to him what she did to Katie earlier, right? His face kind of changes. Even see what? Oh, his face changes. Mm-hmm. Like shifts. Well, maybe not exactly the way Katie did, but maybe we just see uh, Samara's face. Maybe we get to see what she did to Samara uh, d- did to Katie earlier. So we don't get to see Noah's face, but uh, I guess we're to assume that's what she did with Katie. I think maybe what happened was Becca went upstairs, and where was Becca that whole time? Because uh, I think cause, okay, because we did get a flash from Becca's point of view finding. No, it, it wasn't Becca's point of view. That it was, was the, the mom. Was, oh, that was that was creepy too. Um, I think what happened was Becca went upstairs, and while Katie was having her little um, fear scene down in the kitchen in the TV, uh, Samara was coming out in her room TV, and then Becca was just like kind of cowering in a corner, just watching her come out, and Samara was just standing at the doorway waiting for Katie to come up. And then she looked at Samara's face, and that's what happened. Yeah. But then how did she get in the closet? I can picture Samara just, like, trying to drag her in there. I have, That's a good question. I never thought about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no idea. Uh, maybe her face changed, and before she died, she kind of ran into the closet to hide, and she died in there. I'm not then sure. Her room is small, and, like, it's like... <laughs> okay. In a creepy way, I can... It's It's... I can picture that, like, Samara's standing right in front of the doorway, and then Katie sees her, and then Katie sees her, and then she just tries to run past Samara into the closet, <laughs> and then just, like, oh. That could be. Uh, maybe one of these days uh, you can watch, what was it, Scary Movie 1 or 2, I forget. I think it's part 1 that does a little parody of this. Uncle you know, Tony, kind of um, his son's, uh, I guess, my second cousin's or something, yeah. they watch that, like, all the time oh, wow. when they're uh, in road trips or something like that. I've I've seen scenes of that. The comedy one? Yeah, the comedy one. Those are rated R. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that he lets them watch that. Well, no, I'm not surprised he lets <laughs> them watch that. But yeah, th- those are bo- um, the first two um, are rated R. And th- those, the second one has a lot of sexual re- references. Uh, I, I don't know if I, you know, allow you to watch That's the Haunted the House one, one, right? Uh yes, that one is more about uh, a movie called um, The Haunting, which I think came out in two thousand. Um, but oh, yeah, okay. the first one yeah, kind of yeah. yeah takes the the first scary movie takes a lot of things from 
Like, uh, yeah, The Ring, Grudge. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Grudge might have been part two. Well, I've seen a lot of scenes from the Scary yeah. Movie series. But, yeah, uh, th- yeah, those would definitely spoil uh, some some of the stuff. But in- anyway, Rachel gets to uh, gets to Noah's place and finds him dead and uh, screams really loud. Um, but they don't show his face. And I guess no, not we're... yet. Because, okay, so she goes in slowly, and she's looking around. There's a huge mess. There's blood all uh there's a trail of blood and then she looks at his chair and there's a puddle all around him and she goes up to his chair this is a very tense scene she spins it around we see her Mm -hmm. her, in her reaction but not his face we see the back of his head i don't remember the puddle of blood no it was a it was a puddle of water all around the seat on the ground where was the blood the the blood was um remember when he backed up into the stuff and everything falls down he cut himself and he's backing up from samara see i'm still trying to find out the link as to why they would uh, their nose would bleed so i I don't know if we ever get one now rachel goes back home and aiden is just sitting there Uh, she screams at him to go to his room which you know he gives her he gives her this look like "What, what did i just do you know uh, so he did that well. I, I don't really care for him for the rest of the movie, but uh, she starts breaking the tape and she's sobbing, uh, and she wonders why or what she do uh, did that Noah didn't do, and then you know kind of has a moment of realization that it's because she made a copy, right? So we get flashes of um, basically explaining that Samara wants to be heard. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Aiden said? Yes. So this is what I was mentioning earlier. This is why I think Aiden and Becca were the ones that, um, why they were chosen uh, for Samara to, to talk to, that kind of I thing. I see where you're getting Yeah, at. because she just wants to be heard. Uh-huh. And, and they already knew what it was and stuff. Well, well I don't know about Aiden. Well, I I, I just think it's because, um, well, they, they, I don't know. Yeah, how did Aiden know first? But... I mean, I don't know. They, they, Becca, I can see because Becca hadn't seen the tape yet. Uh-huh. So maybe like with Aiden, like he was hearing things because he didn't see the tape yet. And maybe he stopped hearing things from her after he watched the tape. But, you know, she would just kind of randomly, t- you know, choose certain people, you know, and Ooh, tell them things. I picked this little elementary school boy to spread on the word. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I mean, that's kind of the best I can come up with. You know, if we try to pick that apart, then we mm-hmm. we're left with nothing else. <laughs> but uh, let's go with that because she does want want to be heard, right? So that that that's why, you know, those two I guess were chosen. Um, but Rachel has the the tape set to record, and she has Aiden pushing the record button and stuff like that. So she wants him to do the, the physical stuff, but she's the one who's guiding him to do it. Well, she's holding his arm, and he's just pushing. Right. Buttons. Yeah, and uh, Aiden is trying to tell her that tomorrow will never stop. And he asks Rachel what will happen to whoever, who, um, you know, who they show the tape to, and it ends. She doesn't even answer. Uh, so what do you take by that ending? Like, what do you, what do you think that meant? Her not answering to that question and well, it just ending. Say, say the question one more time. Uh, what happens? To yeah, the he, he, he says, it? yeah, who, who, um, what's going to happen to whoever watches the tape, basically? Well, doesn't he already sort of know and her? Well, what's the point of asking that question? Well, okay, I guess it's uh, because if it's a, a moral choice kind of thing, like she's trying oh, to save her okay. son, so he's like, "Well, what about the, what about the people that you know who will watch the copies and things like that?" Well, she could just write instructions. 
pull a Jumanji and flood it in the river or something. No. Uh, well, the, what what I take from this is that she doesn't care, you know, who watches the tape oh, and what yeah, happens okay, to them. Right. That, that basically she's saving her son's life. Well, why not? She could save her son's life and sure. save other people's. She could save other people. Yeah, but see, it, it's just that's going to be something really hard to catch on. Like, hey, watch this tape. And once you do to survive it, you got to make a copy. Like, I, I get that. That just kind of gets a little muddled. You know what but I mean? Like, why show the tape? Why not just hide it? Make make the copy and hide it? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. But I mean, he, he but he's, you know, he's a kid. He's just questioning like, yeah, what happens to people who see it? I mean, I, I suppose technically you could probably destroy it after you make the copy too, right? I mean, oh, that then Samara might get angry and come out and just kill sure. him anyway. <laughs> yeah, see, so I mean, she she wants to be heard, <laughs> so yeah. Oh, okay, I, so I guess burying it wouldn't be a very good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so yeah, overall overall thoughts of the movie and uh, and rating. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on, real quick. Do you want to give your Mrs. Doubtfire? You didn't give okay. uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire a four because I grew up watching that movie and it became a classic. Actually, I don't really think I grew up watching it, but I just remember I seen I watched a it a lot. Yeah, um, I love Robin Williams in this movie, and you know, the story behind everything, and uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just really appealing to me. Yeah, so I give okay. it a four. And now, what about this movie before you forget again? <laughs> uh, you want to think about it some more? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, this movie I already mentioned earlier that uh, I saw it in the movie theater, and when it came onto home release, this was one of the DVDs that, that I did buy. I thought it was even cooler uh, that one of the special uh, Easter eggs is that you can watch the uh, that uh, that video in its entirety, and then after the video, uh, you hear like a phone ring twice. So it's very chilling. Uh, so this is one of the movies I, I used to kind of. You know, not often watch, but uh, I I don't know. It, I thought it was – see, I hate to say that it was a big deal for me. I just – I liked it enough that I was kind of like, oh, hey, let's watch The Ring because I thought it was scary, that kind of thing. Um, and I was still creeped out by this movie. I think it still holds up. Would I continue watching it as often as I did before? Probably not. But I own this movie. You know, maybe one day we'll kind of, hey, let's watch The Ring again for old time's sake, that kind of thing. So – I think it still holds up. Um, uh, some of the nitpicks, you know, they, they really weren't that big. Uh, I think the director, for being like one of his very first early movies, I thought he did a really good job. But I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with a, a light four. You know, I, I don't want to I don't want to give it any less because I, I don't feel like it was ripping off a lot of things. I mean, yeah, it was a remake, but did this kind of open up the doors for more American remakes of the the Japanese horror genre? Uh, at least I like to think so, but yeah, I think it's still pretty good. So I'm going to go with a four on this. I, I think I'm going to give it a high three or a low four, mainly because it was a good movie, but it was also really creepy and disturbing. I mean, which I is guess supposed to be? Yeah. It's what it's supposed to be. But there were at times where I thought it was maybe a bit too much. Like, um, so if it was rated R, you you'd feel better about that. If it was rated R, I'd probably feel better about it. But PG thirteen, I feel like. It was lying to you about be, being PG-13. Yeah, so you thought it was just too scary for PG-13. I thought it was too scary for PG-13. Okay. And too disturbing for PG-13. Okay. But if it was a Raider R, I would probably say it's... I would I would comfortably say a 4. Yeah, MPAA rating aside, we just just a solid 4. Probably give it a 4, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
All right. Well, it's been a while, but we actually got some uh, uh, reviews and an email. So let's get into some listener feedback. I've got something for you. A letter. Okay, the email is from Paul P. Hey, Peter and Phoenix. Now, I'd already known you watch a lot more TV and movies than I do, and this absolutely proves it. When you told me this morning that you're a podcaster, not only did I download both of your podcasts, but I put them to the head of the lineup that I listen to. Uh, thank you, sir. And I I didn't mention this because I, I kind of forgot in the email that he talks about this, but I, I do know Paul, uh, somebody that I, I used to work with. Um I really enjoyed them both. Now, truth be told, I'm not a huge movie buff. I only watch a handful of movies a year, and I watch even less TV. I was already aware of Flash coming out soon, but only just barely knew that. I don't know much at all about the TV show. I am more aware of Flash comic books, but even then, I never followed it, and thus don't know hardly anything about Flash canon. Heck, I don't even know Flash's origin story. I'm still going to keep subscribed to the Flash podcast, though, because I'd still like to know about it, even though I probably won't tune in to actually watch the show. At least this way, I can keep up with it if I ever decide to start watching it, and then can just ease into the show like a glove. Uh, a minor nitpick on the Flash podcast, I'm sure you heard it during editing, and perhaps tried to correct it, but your co-host had some buzz in his background the entire show. I noticed that when he cut out, the nose went away... The noise went away, so it was on his end for sure. I don't know if it's something you can correct or not, but I noticed it. As for Hydrate Level 4, I think it's awesome that you podcast with your son. That's exceedingly cool. And the movie you highlighted was one I'd actually seen. But it had been quite some time since I'd seen it. I found it odd that your son didn't think that honking from the car to pick someone up was not rude. And he's referencing Mrs. Doubtfire, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I know that you were trying to lead him in that direction and was su surprised that he didn't follow you on that. Anyway, I'm so glad you told me about your podcasts and I'll be a regular listener. Uh, oh, and Dude Looks Like a Lady was an absolutely perfect song to put at the end of the episode. I'm not sure of the legality of putting in non-royalty-free music in there, though. I'm not worried about it personally, but if your show goes viral, it may become an issue. Uh, thanks for the heads up, Paul. Uh, anyway, color me impressed. Keep up the excellent work, Paul. So thank you, sir, for the uh, fun email. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, so that's that's our first email in an extremely long time. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and read our reviews. Excellent podcast by Pepster71. Peter and his son make an excellent podcast duo. Peter is an avid movie buff and quite knowledgeable, and his son makes good commentary. I would highly recommend this podcast. Okay, and uh, looks like five star from that one and the next one. Oh boy, oh boy, mom, you sure can hydrate a pizza by Film Rocker. Great movie review podcast hosted by a father and son. A different take on your normal movie review podcast. Also, great freaking name for a show. 88 miles per hour podcast and obviously that's friends of the show from the 88 miles per hour podcast renata and sanch thank you guys for the love on itunes uh speaking of itunes you know you can find us on there and stitcher please rate and review the show tell us uh if you like it uh, let others know about the show um you can email us at hlfpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter and instagram at hlfpodcast and on facebook at uh, Hydrate Level 4. 
So um, the next movie Phoenix and I will be doing will be the original Psycho. So uh, if you've seen that, if you had thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. Um, if you haven't, hey, watch it along and email us in as well. Or why don't you just email in about any of the shows that you've heard, uh, any thoughts at all. We you know, would love to hear from you guys. Uh, but until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And we're Hydrate Level 4.